no secret that flexibility improves performance. You'd probably have to be living under a rock if you didn't understand that now, or definitely not paying attention to any of the things that we talk about here. But today we're gonna to go deeper into this, and we're gonna talk about how flexibility improves performance in exercises that you wouldn't have imagined. What's up everybody? Uh, in case you haven't met us before, my name is Yanni Bormeister. To my left is Phil White, switched on physio. Across the table is Rad, my brother, and behind the mixer is Richard. Together we are Unity Gym and the UMS program. Now, we turn driven people into superhumans. If you want to know how we do that, you can download one of the blueprints or all of the blueprints. They're linked in the description of this replay on YouTube and the podcast. And otherwise, you can go to www.unitygym.com. What's up, everybody? Yeah, it was an exciting little start. With there was a big sound outside, and so we all ran out of the room and came back. But uh, you know, yeah, it sounded <laughs> like there was a bomb going off, but um, just yeah, no bombs, so it's all good. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I'm go. good. Yep, ready yeah, ready for action. I'm noticing the stream quality is really good today as well. Yeah, yeah. Lighting seems to Has Facebook done an update or something? Yeah, it's. I now have dark themed Facebook, which yeah, is Facebook's very done a massive update, and yeah. it looks like part of that has improved the uh, yeah, the stream the quality. Stream quality. Way better. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's all those on the all, all those on the podcast, you'll be stoked. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> right. That's right. Let us know in the comments if the stream quality looks better for you guys as well. Yeah. Well, yesterday we spoke about um, the. Uh, what did we speak about yesterday? Yesterday we spoke no, the, the, about uh, flexibility um, standards. Yeah, why we set benchmarks. And today we want to talk about what what improves from those benchmarks. You know, what what exercises improve. And um, for me, you know, the, the the big the big things that I was looking for improvements in was was calisthenics and um, you know basic acrobatic skills. I wanted to be able to do things like a press to handstand easier, or even just cartwheels or a handstand like. If you can do the front splits or even come close to the front splits, your handstand is infinitely easier to kick up into because you can get, the higher you can get the first leg without, while the second leg is still on the ground, the more controlled the kick up is. So that's something that a lot of people could probably relate to, you know, and when, if you ever want to do a press to handstand, the more you can get into the splits, the more you can get into a, a, give a all um, away. pancake. Just straight into it. <laughs> well, no, no, because that, well, these yeah, are, yeah, the, no, but exactly. the calisthenics movements, sh I think should, are more obvious, right? Like, yeah. I, th I think it's quite obvious that if you can, yeah. for me it is anyway, yeah. that if you can do the splits, the front splits, the pancake, you're going to be able to do this. But what we wanted to talk about today was some hidden gems, like weightlifting movements and, and uh, things that really benefit from, from having those flexibility standards. Well, that's where it started for us. I mean, uh, the first time I was ever told that I needed to get more flexible, it was because I couldn't squat deep. Yep. And uh, the, f the very first flexibility standards I was taught by people like Tony Vitaggi or Charles Poliquin were uh, in relation to either Olympic lifting or deep squatting, you know, and there were benchmarks that they had sort of figured out in regards to the squat that, um, that we were uh, sort of um, running with, that we were teaching to our clients in, in the gyms. and. Uh, and that's how it sort of all started for me. I started to realize, oh wow, you know, if I want to be able to do a, a, an Olympic snatch, then I need to improve or correct my shoulder uh, posture and, and mobility, flexibility. I need to improve my thoracic extension and I need to, um, you know, you need to be able to catch and lock the uh, shoulders. 
at that end range of a squat and you need to be able to hit it ballistically and bounce out of it using the stretch shortening cycle of the hamstrings and, and the lower limb muscles, which mean that there can't be any resistance, there can't be the body fighting. And so that started me off on this process of compartmentalized stretching, I like to call it, where I spent hours stretching my hamstrings in the classic sort of um, uh, passive stretching, did a little bit of control. We experimented with contract relax, otherwise known as PNF stretching, uh, mm -hmm. and um, I did that for like a decade and got marginally, marginally. I remember it uh, when we were working at this stage in our career. We were working out of Fitness First gym here in North Sydney, and they introduced this this fitness standard across the board that they wanted all of their staff to be able to score highly in, and one of them was a sit and reach test. And, you know, when I first started trying to do this stuff, I could hardly get my fingertips past my toes when I did a sit and reach test. And to, for those of you playing at home who aren't aware, a sit and reach test is where you essentially sit on the floor with your legs straight in front of you, feet together, your toes pulled back vertically, so you're not pointing your toes, and your knees have to be perfectly straight, and then you reach your hands as far past your toes as you, as you can get them, you know? Well, for a lot of people's cases, as far towards the toes. As far towards the toes as you can get them. And, and quite literally, the, across the board, the, the, the majority of people uh, couldn't reach their toes. I think Rad scored the, the highest in our gym by a long way uh, because he could get his wrists past his toes. But um, yeah, like it was, it, was, it was incredible how unflexible I was, you know. And I was banging the drum of stretching the the way we're taught to stretch a lot you know i was trying it wasn't like i was i wasn't trying i was just not successful at all mm -hmm. and so yeah fast forward maybe 10 years and we introduced these flexibility standards which we spoke about yesterday uh to recap they are the pancake the middle splits front splits and back bridge and uh, that gave us goals, that gave us t more tangible, more motivating uh, reasons to pursue flexibility, uh, introducing uh, movements, calisthenics to our, um, our program where you literally, it's a go, no go. Uh, if you can't go into a pike, you can't do a press handstand. If you can't um, hold a straddle in a, in a pancake, yeah, you can't do half of these movements, you know. Um, and it was quite phenomenal. I didn't really expect, uh, I don't know why, but I was still surprised by how much my, my squat and, and my bench press and my deadlift and movements like this that, you know, I thought, oh, well, I've achieved a decent level of flexibility. I can squat ass to grass. I can do this. I wasn't, a, I, I, it was quite surprising at how much they improved when I took my flexibility to a much higher level. I realized one day uh, and the real awakening for me was when I realized I was squatting a very heavy weight uh, about 140 kilos and I realized that the easiest position for me in that weight was not um, even standing up it was at the bottom range when I could just sit there and relax yeah I noticed in your squat sessions you usually just kind of hang out at the bottom for <laughs> yeah yeah time, it, it, beca it literally became the e the best rest position was yeah. at the very bottom and I'm like wow that's when since when did that happen you know and uh, we had a photo shoot a while ago, which was another uh, great moment where we wanted to get a picture of a real heavy squat. And 
you know, uh, the photographer said, what can no you... No one could do it, so we did a Photoshop of Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What, the photographer who was my father said, what could you, you know, um, squat at the bottom? And I said, oh, whatever, doesn't matter, whatever. I'll put 180 kilos on and I can sit there for 30 seconds while they get a good photo, you know. Mm. Um, and I don't know that many people who squat heavy who can do that unless they're into Olympic lifting and they're at a very high level. Mm-hmm. And they've trained their flexibility like that. So that's some little, a little bit of context around what what we're doing and why we're doing it, and, and my personal story with it. Anyway. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Look, the I, I think a big revelation for me that was was quite a big one was this concept of that if you're uh, and 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 I related this back to my martial arts days that if you aren't flexible, if you haven't developed a decent level of flexibility then your body is fighting itself to get into the positions that you're trying to get into. So, you know, the, the first time that I became aware of this was, you know, trying to kick high. And it's this idea that if you're, um, you know, if I'm trying to do a sidekick um, and my adductors are tight, then my mind looks at the target. But every time my leg gets up there, what stops me from getting there is that my body is like the adductors are pulling to try to keep my leg down and my glutes are pulling to try to get my leg up and it's just fighting against itself. And for me, the first reason why I wanted to get flexible is because I just wanted these things to look effortless because when you look at somebody that's flexible, that, that with the way that they move, it looks totally effortless because it is. It's, it's just effortless to op- lift your leg up and, and open it around like that. Um, but the same applies to weightlifting. If you've got um, you know, tight muscles and you can't get down into a squat, then you're going to be fighting yourself every time you try and do a squat. And I've I've heard a good quote. um, I can't remember where I heard it from, but I do like this quote. Um, If you can't get into a full range squat without any weight, one of the best ways to injure yourself is to load yourself up with a lot of weight and force yourself into that full range squat over and over and over again. Um, And however true that might be it makes sense to me what do you think phil yeah i think i think it's um with this whole sort of flexibility caper it's all about uh giving your body exposure to these positions that we you know might need to be in for our our given activity so um yeah if you can be comfortable and your body is like as we've talked about a lot with flexibility it's all about yeah getting that giving your body the trust that it can uh explore these ranges if we can show that there's control and strength through those ranges then yeah you can have an easier time and um uh, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. Like if you're <laughs> forcing your body into a position that you can only get to yeah. with a lot of load, if you um, haven't gradually exposed yourself to that, you're gonna have a yep. gonna have a hard time. And w- you know, if we want to talk about some, we were talking about you know what kind of weightlifting movements do we think benefit from it that people wouldn't really expect. Um, I think one of the big ones is the the bench press. Like the way that we teach bench press with the power lifter position, the mm-hmm. arch back. There's a lot of our students at the gym here that when you try and show them how to get into that position, they say, man, I just can't get there. Like my my hips hurt so much and I can't get in that position and they can't get the arch, they they can't get their shoulders back and down. Um, And that's a superior position for bench pressing more weight. So your limiting factor for getting stronger is not weakness in the muscles, it's a lack of flexibility. Yeah, Yeah. 100%. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and for that specifically, it's going to be your hip flexors not being able to go into that, yeah. allow you into that full range extension while keeping your your butt on the on the bench, and then also your thoracic extension not being able to yeah. create that arch just for those yeah. playing at home movements in a comp style bench press. So. Yeah, yeah. And, and who would have thought and that? You know that when you, if, if it's like someone saying, my, the limiting factor of my bench press is that my hip flexors aren't flexible enough. And to tie that into the the movements we're talking about here, so I guess the front splits would be that hip flexor stretch that we're we're talking about, and, and then the, the back bridge. 
and the back bridge is going to be the thoracic yeah, extension yeah. plus yeah. the plus um, hip flexors. Yeah. So that's just to try and give you an idea of like how you can be pursuing these kind of um, strength, uh, these flexibility benchmarks, kind of fun activities, which are then going to have yeah great transfer. So yeah. and there's a there's a great question that's come through, <coughs> which is really in line with this. Um, Aiden, who's on the live stream here, and I think that. Um, uh, I've been itching I, I to th- answer this one I, as soon I, as I saw it. Yeah, I think that this gives us a great crossover because Aiden's asked to build some context. He says, I love this series. Is there any benchmark or way to know if you should progress from the 18-minute stretch routine to the loaded stretch routine? I've been doing the 18-minute routine every day for two months now and seen some amazing improvements. Would love to hear your thoughts. Now, just to, uh, to f- um, uh, full clarity for everyone playing at home, we have three mm-hmm. flexibility programs. We have what's called the 18-minute stretching routine, which is really more of a mobility routine, but it was just, it just for some reason was sold, uh, originally tied the stretch routine and then we just never wanted to change it because it was so popular uh, and then we have our loaded stretching routine and then we have our mobility masterclass which really should be the, mo- the flexibility masterclass but anyway it's all good we learn as we have developed as professionals we've learned more about the practice as well and and, and the terminology and that's just the way it goes and there's also other things that marketing plays a little bit of a role in it and that sort of thing as well you know but um, so we have these three programs and they're all quite different and they're different for specific reasons you know um now my take on aiden's question is uh the the 18 minute routine is a really really great um thing to do every day or every other day or a great routine to get you started a great um addition to your current training regime to to, um to give you full context we actually created that routine as our warm-up and, it, and we used it as our exercise warm-up for quite some time, for a couple of years. And then as we learned a little bit more about flexibility and how flexibility can affect strength uh, in, in, in and of the same workout, and as we worked to improve the efficiency of our workouts, we wanted to shorten the, the, uh, the warm-up so that it didn't interfere with the workout. And also some of the stretches that we were doing in that routine um, could potentially um, interfere with your performance and strength in the workout. So we started to uh, manipulate that and evolve it. Um, but it's, it's essentially was always designed as a daily warm-up or uh, a daily routine, a more gentle daily routine that you can pretty much do every single day. The Mobility Masterclass, and Rad's going to chime in and, and, and go for it with this, uh, and the loaded stretching, that is a workout. That is a workout that is designed to maximize your, to take you from wherever you're at right now and turn you into a highly flexible person. And, uh, and the two are very different in that regard, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until we had our big, uh, until we started approaching our flexibility training as a workout that we had our really big breakthroughs. What do you want to add to that, Rad? Well, Aiden's asking, the, the, the core of his question is, when should I progress from the 18-minute stretch routine to the loaded stretching routine? And my answer is as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, as soon as possible. Well, um, and what I mean by that is, learn the 18-minute stretching routine incorporate it into your practice, understand it so that you can do it without watching the videos, uh, and two months is, and and see an initial result, feel change in your body. And once you do that, progress. And two months is a really good time um, to do that. And then the 18 minute stretching routine becomes something that you have in your pocket, 
that you can do any day when you feel like doing nothing. It becomes like the minimum daily workout, uh, something that you can do at the end of your workout if you want to, something that you can do um, you know, to just show your friends if, if somebody wants to learn a little bit about stretching. But the real, um, the, the, the initial breakthrough comes from the 18 minute stretching routine. And like anything, you have to progress. And the, the logical progression is to go to the loaded stretching routine or the mobility masterclass. You don't need to. You don't need to do the loaded stretching routine. It's more about what are your goals, what do you want to achieve, and if you, uh, so you know, Aiden, for what you've got access to, and and um, you know, based on your questions, absolutely go to the loaded stretching routine and, and work on that for a while now. Chima, we can ask answer another question here. Chima Suad has said, I'm a beginner and I want to get the middle splits. Where should I start? You should start with the Mobility Masterclass. Yeah, you don't have to do any of those other ones before you go to the Mobility Masterclass, but that is the one that teaches the flexibility standards that we have. The other two don't. The yep. other two don't focus on the middle splits pancake. Um, they, they have a, a little bit in there. You'll get a little, you'll get a bit of exposure to it. You'll get some time in it, but you won't do the amount of volume and the amount of intensity required to actually achieve those movements. Yeah. Where I, <coughs> where I go nuts with the 18 minute routine now is when I'm vacationing. If I'm vacationing, I always take a, uh, a back ball that I can use that doubles as a small foam roller and uh and that goes with me everywhere and i also now take gymnastics rings and um yeah like we, we vacation in bali and wherever we go i always can do that routine yeah. and uh and that goes with me everywhere yeah mm. it's um it's something that you you'll find that you just feel so much better every day when you do that or some some sort of that routine and and the 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 mobility masterclass and the loaded stretching they require you to be able to load the stretches so you need a little bit of equipment to be able to do those programs properly it's something that you will do uh, just like a strength training program in a gym or if you've got a, a little bit of equipment at home you know yep so for adam maliani here who hasn't got access to a gym he's, he's looking at, at strength in this case but um if for the people in the US who are pretty locked down still, is the mobility masterclass something they could do or? Uh, yes, you could. There's there's gonna be a couple of exercises that you can't do in there, but what, you, maybe not. Like uh, um, there's a couple of exercises that when I demonstrate them, I'm using a weight plate on my back or a kettlebell, but there's, you can substitute those for something that you have at home or you can do it with, with some books in it. Yeah, or yeah. Or you can do it without, I mean, even a brick, yeah. you know, like a, like just holding, holding on, like you don't have to hold a weight. If you don't have a weight plate to hold here, you could grab onto a brick here and just yeah. have a little bit of load. There's always a way to adapt to something. And I, it's funny, I get people asking me, sometimes people say to me, oh, I really need some options for how I can do this. How do I do that option? And they're referring to something that I made up myself. Yeah. So they're referring to something that I didn't have the ability to do the preferred option. And so all I did was think outside innovate. the box yeah. and innovate. And sometimes you have to do that. And um, I think th th this is a whole nother topic, but I think a lot of people get um, trapped in the box of having to be told everything that they do. And there's when you start to understand principles, like, I mean, just for example, the principle of the pancake, what you're trying to achieve, you're, you're not aiming for the splits. That's not the goal. The aim is to open the legs up a little bit wider. And what that does is it backs off the hamstrings a little bit. So, you know, when your legs are right, right together like that, that's very intense on the hamstrings. But when you open the legs up a bit, it backs it off a little bit. Also creates a little bit more uh, demand for flexibility in the groin. 
and then all you're trying to do is bend from the hips and the load that you put on you is just to try and it's like someone gently pushing on you to go a little bit deeper you know you get to this point of diminishing returns where if your legs open too much your feet can't stop you from falling forward and your central nervous system won't allow you to go far enough so once you understand these basic principles, there's so many different ways you can do a pancake. Yeah, you can pull on a table leg. Yeah, exactly. You, know, you can do all sorts of there's stuff. There's so yep. many things you can do, and you just yep. you just play around with it. And that process takes experimentation, but it also takes asking the right questions. And to ask the right questions, you've first got to be exposed to the programming. You've got to have access to it. You've got to understand the, the basics of it. You've got to try it, yep. and you try it, and you then you ask a more intelligent question than if you had done nothing. Yeah. You know, if you've done yep. nothing and you start asking questions, your questions aren't as good as if you tried it for six weeks and then you can start saying, oh, when I do it, I feel this and I feel that and I've tried doing it this way and then I feel it like that. What do you think I should do? Well, that's a much more intelligent question than how do I do a pancake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I don't have A or B. Yeah, that's right. And that's a, that's the great thing about this group, guys, is that that's what it's here for. That's yeah. what we get really excited about when people are asking those sorts of questions. But, you know? And if I just get, uh, because Adam is someone that's in our online coaching group, and, and this is a very good question for you, and we can give you a bit more specific. How long is too long without weights? Um, that's not a good question to ask because you don't have weights so yeah. there's no yeah, controllables versus uncontrollables hey? yeah like, like what, what like what know. can you do about that you know so um the, the better the, question the, to the ask the simple would be, answer is two weeks yeah, you start to lose strength after two weeks but the bigger answer is there is so many ways that you can load the body and still get that stimulus and so is it going to be as effective as when you've got a full set of dumbbells barbells weight plates and kettlebells probably not but for the lower body, for, a know. calisthenics dude would argue against that. And there's people out there that have got the physique and the skill yeah. to back it up as well. Yeah. So you can definitely do some a hell of a lot of good stuff without weights for the upper body. But um, And for the lower body as well, like really explore single leg stuff. Like there's, you, but know. You, know, you know, in all honesty, guys, like if I'm, if I'm really honest, when, I, when we were in that lockdown period and I was doing those at-home workouts, I was doing extra workouts for bent arm strength for my upper body because... I had a goal and I thought, what, how can I use this time? We're not teaching classes. And, you know, and I thought about my macro goal. And for me, I really want to build some muscle in my upper body. So I did that. But I did nothing for the lower body except what was in that, that workout. That, I swear to God, I didn't do one single rep of anything else on my yeah, lower body. You guys remember. Yeah. And I was fried. Not only was I fried, I came back to doing my first squat session last week. And in my mind, I was like... First session with a barbell. With a barbell, yeah. In my mind, I was like, okay, I'm, this is the amount of weight that I'm going to do, knowing what I can lift. And in my mind, I was saying, I'm probably going to do about 90 kilos for sets of five, and that'll be easy for me. I did 110 kilos, which is nothing near my max. Like, I, I would be able to do 140 or 150 for five, probably now, but that would be, that would be a 10 out of 10 effort. But 90 was so easy for me that I went up to 110, and 110 was still so easy for me. But my point is that my expectation of where I thought I'd be able to lift was, it was way below what I could actually lift. Those at-home workouts kept me going. They yeah. kept my leg strength up there. They kept my conditioning high enough that I could step under a barbell again and do some good work. So Adam, go back, do phase one again, but go push yourself harder than you did the first time around. Yeah. And keep going like that until your gym's could re-open. be a good time just to, you know, with your, with your goals, like think about, you know, maybe is like mobility and flexibility something that's more satisfying to work on while you don't that's have a gym. Exactly so you right. Could, you know. And you know, just re real quick, I know I've been talking a little bit here, but um, the way another, you know, reason why I'm able to continue training 
more consistently as you guys put it than most people is that I always work with what I've got. So when I very, very, when I realize that I don't have something, so if it's an injury or if it's a gym, within a week, I come up with a plan of what I'm going to do to still see progress in some area of my body. And quite often, it's, an, it's, it's a matter of going, okay, well, I cannot progress in the thing that I've cared about for the last six months. What can I progress in? And then you look at that and go, okay, let's build something, yeah, a routine a, this around that. This is a conversation that. I'm always having with my physio patients where they come in and they're so focused and distraught on this particular injury, but it's like, man, you have the rest of your body. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, like, that's you can do. Right. There's yeah. so much. But I also think that that's a problem with mainstream gyms we had I had this when I when I had hung out at fitness first for a decade yeah. you have your blinkers on and you get so used to you know the the 200 machines that you've had at yeah. your disposal and you go and you and you get out of that environment and you're like oh my god there's only a leg press here how the hell am I going to train legs with only a leg press you know like I can't do that and and people have that when they've ha had exposure to to big big gyms and lots of equipment and this and that you get hooked on that and that's yeah. why i think it's so empowering to learn to do more with less because you know we like f from where our gym is now to where it was when we first opened 7 years ago we've got no equipment people walk in and go where's the equipment you know and we deliver some of the best results in in sydney yeah, you know have a look at some of the old uh YouTube videos is just you know stuff yeah, everywhere and now you're looking at it and we've just like. ditched it because you just don't need it there's just yeah. so yep. many great ways to train the body and stimulate the body and it's so liberating to learn how to do that yep. without the need of expensive gym equipment all my friends by the way who have opened expensive gyms have all gone bankrupt you know this is just it's just ridiculous this is expensive the notion that you need hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars millions of dollars of equipment to train the body is ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous you know um yeah look I, we we went out into the re weeds a little bit there uh tribe but um you know it's i just want you i guess the big insight from today's show is to understand that um no one as to my knowledge not many people train to get stronger at bench press to be stronger at bench press people people get stronger at bench press to, to be stronger in life strength carries over to everything your confidence the way you carry yourself everything we don't train the pancake or the middle splits to do the pancake or the middle splits at unity gym yes it's a nice way of measuring uh, it creates tangibility it creates a benchmark but we train those skills to be better at squatting, to be able to unlock press handstands, to be able to do a better bench press so that we can uh, improve the arch, keep our hips down. Yeah, I've know. got a real, like, flexibility has never been something that's really driven me to be excited or passionate about it. But since I've got really into surfing over my lockdown period now, I can see that a lot of my limitations come from my, like, inability to kind of sustain um, thoracic extension. I'm often having to really fight that. So... Um, and also getting into certain positions. So uh, that's kind of got me into doing some more pancake and a bit more sort of middle split stuff because you need to really kind of get low and maneuver yourself. So now I've kind of, you know, got this like related goal, like movement goal. I can see how um, pursuing these kind of benchmark movements is going to help me get there. So it's all about just yeah finding your passion point. Is it just to tick off the box of doing a front split or is there, you know, something in your life that, What's you know. What's your why? What, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 go deeper. And, and uh it really helps. It really helps to have to have these benchmark skills and to understand how to achieve them. 
but then to also know to, to to look beyond that and say okay this is how this is going to affect the rest of my training the rest of my life my performance uh, in everything that I do you know mm-hmm. and the reality is that we've talked about this we've banged the drum before mobility increases life expectancy yeah. so does strength uh, it's not just about what you're doing right now. It's about what you're going to be able to do forever. And uh, yeah, I mean, like think about in the future if you know if you have like grandkids or you have your kids and you like can't bear the thought of getting down low to play with them because you you know you you're worried about your creaky knees and your sore hips or whatever. Like if you can yeah. have a good you know uh, have good mobility, that's gonna that, you're not gonna have that barrier. You're not gonna have that discomfort while you do it. And it's just yeah. yeah. Kid yeah, happiness, yeah. there it is. It is, <laughs> so, it, it literally is. Yeah. And it carries over to everything, how you carry yourself. I can, and Rad and I, and I'm sure Phil can do the same thing. I've been in the game long enough that I can look at someone walking down the street and within a couple of seconds, I can tell you what's wrong with their flexibility and what's wrong with their strength. And I'll usually be very close to being right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, like you can see someone who's a good mover, mm-hmm. how they carry themselves, how they plenty walk. Of, plenty of hunchbacks walking around who could really mm-hmm. do his and back bends. Yeah, back that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Chama has said, uh, can I achieve the middle or front splits in two months or there is no specific time? I'm going to say in my experience, you have no chance in hell of achieving the middle splits or front splits in two months. That said, though, it depends how, there's so many factors, how close are you now? and um, how elastic is your body. Some people get flexible way quicker than others, but in my experience, um, that is not a re- not a realistic time at all. Um, we're looking at more like, I like to tell people 12 months, you can achieve life-changing a- Age and upbringing play a huge role. Yep. Age yeah, and upbringing absolutely. play yeah. a huge some, role. And then there's some serious like genetic factors where there's a spectrum of hypermobility, which basically is that elasticness of your, your tissues, and that's, yep. a, that's a, an objective thing about how much um, of certain fiber types you have in, um, and the way your college, like your tendons and your, your everything's put together. So um, there's a, spi- a spectrum called um, where the, the far end of that is like Ellis Danlos syndrome, where you know you basically fall into the splits because you're that that loosey goosey. Yeah, so yeah. just keep in mind that there's some like serious genetic Hard, factors yeah. as well yeah. as Big all these other variables. things, plus right. hip um, socket hip ball and socket sh- um, joint shape so yeah. Yeah. yeah bone structure there's a there's, there's a lot of factors so it's a very difficult if not impossible question so this is another answer. like embrace the journey not the outcome yeah, yeah that's right that's, this is really 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 important that you understand um, Chima that you set your goal and then you detach from it and embrace the journey and what comes will come when your body is ready for it to happen uh, I can do the work. I can say with absolute certainty that one of the worst things you can possibly do um, if you are if you have a goal is to only focus on the outcome of that goal. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it is the most surefire way to, to guarantee failure. And I've, I've experienced that in so many different ways. If you want to know more about that, um, uh, let us know, chime in. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I can talk to you more about the process and process-based goals, the difference between lead and lag measures, and, uh, and, and how to create routines and habits that you know, continually move you forward. But, Let's but rip through we the are, rest of this. Well, we are out of time. We're way over time, so we're going to just rip through this real quick. To finish Chima's question, as a beginner, should I practice every day or just three to four days a week? Um, we're gonna, I'm going to tie this into the announcement that we're going to do today. Yanni's asked the question, do people want the Mobility Masterclasses, the flash sale this weekend? And a lot of people said yes. So 
So we're announcing it that we are going to do that this weekend. So for those of you, for those of you that want to get these um, flexibility standards, wait until Friday. You'll be able to grab that program at a massive discount. And if that's the case, Charmer, and you get that program, uh, you'll need to do each of the routines, but, but like the specific routine between one and two times a week, and then you do daily mobility training, and that's all included in the class. So so just check that out. Dave Lambert saying, absolutely, 100% agree, fellas. Every time I tune in, I'm enjoying this show podcast. Good to see on the the live podcast, Dave. And Vinny Brown saying, can't wait to see what my newfound flexibility and overall strength translates when I get back to Taekwondo. And Dave Clark is backing him up on that one. Yeah, we've got a lot of martial artists in this group, and I think you guys are going to be, if you've been training consistently, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I love Vinny's next... uh comment where he's saying he's stoked that he can now uh, finally wash that spot in the middle of his back. So, you know. <laughs> That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Wendy Burles is saying, my daughter is 10 and she's got better on her middle splits, but she struggles to align her hips. Um, um, not the biggest fan of the idea of aligning your hips, so yeah. maybe that's a conversation we can have another time. But Just keep, um, keep trying. Yeah, certainly, keep. the more mobile you are, the more that's so important to be building your strength and control throughout. But Yeah, mate, that's a, and that's a really good, actually, something to finish on for, for Wendy there. It's a big insight. Um, the, you know, as, as your kids are growing, it's, I think it's a great thing to be developing their flexibility as long as you're also developing their strength. Uh, so make sure that it's not just her stretching, stretching, stretching all day. She needs to be building end range strength. Uh, she needs to be learning to contract and control the muscles. Otherwise, um, you can be creating more instability than good. You know? Yeah, and that mobility masterclass is, is so good for kids because um, a lot of, whether it's right or not, it's one of those things that um, a lot of people believe that when you're strength training children, you should just do it with body weight. And it's probably a quite a safe way to do it. Um, yep. So the mobility masterclass is, is a great way for children to be strengthening their uh, their lower body and even their shoulders as well with the end range strength components. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys, that's it. So you've heard it here this weekend, 72 hours. We are going to um, put the mobility masterclass on sale for you all. So any of those people, I think there's a few that have reached out to me over the last seven days asking what the uh, best flexibility program will be. And if I've suggested that program, do not get it until Friday, until it goes on sale. Uh, Just hold off for a couple of days. I mean, if you want to give us more money, you can, but you'll be uh, sorely upset when you see that it comes down to, I don't know what we sell it for. We sell it for a lot less than what it's usually going for. Yeah, it's uh, normally 149 US dollars. It will be a hell of a lot less than that. And uh, as always, it'll be your only opportunity to get it uh, at this kind of a price for uh, several months. So um, grab it. Grab it. (laughs) All right, guys, tomorrow, hey, we've got a big show planned for tomorrow. We're talking about End range strength. I yep. uh, gave it away. I was going to actually say <laughs> we're talking about the one big thing that people stuff up and don't get right when they're training for flexibility. Yep. I've given it away. It's end range strength, but we're going to re- really go deep on this topic and talk about why it's so important and how to build end range strength. Yeah, Loving all the comments on the live streams today. It's really nice to yeah get the questions and, um, and some comments in there. So yeah, keep that coming tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for people on the podcast, there's still the option to send in a voice message. We've only ever had, yeah, we had uh, one. one. Yeah, and it, and it, it was it great. It made our day. It <laughs> yeah. made our day. She won a prize. Absolutely. So, uh, she did. Yeah. Now, uh, get on there. Send us a voice message. Yeah. And Much share love to the people listening on the podcast. Yeah. All right, guys. See you tomorrow. See you later. Health is about performance, not just body image. You better be willing to accept what you're going to have to do to get there. 
people. Start focusing on movement goals, strength goals, flexibility goals. When you nail that skill, it's there forever. The body image goal doesn't get you that far. It's the consistency and frequency that's gonna get you there. It's not the intensity. There's no shortcuts to mastery and movement. Destination doesn't change overnight, but your direction will. It's the gym is not the place to beat up the body that you hate. It's the place to build the body that you love. We are the gym that teaches people how to move instead of just exercise because we believe that health is about performance, not just body image.